episode 15, The Value of Forgiveness. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I wanna share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Hello and welcome back everybody to Life Amplified. It is such a pleasure to spend a half hour with you every week and it's one of my favorite half hours I get to spend is just sitting down here in front of the microphone and having this conversation with you. So no matter where you are listening in the world, thank you for being here. To all my family here in the United States, I love you and big shout out to our global audience, places like the UK, Canada, Australia. I see you showing up in our listening stats, which is crazy because all three of those countries are on my vision board and places where I absolutely know that at some point I'll be over there doing a speaking engagement or holding a seminar. We're going to get to meet face to face. So I very much look forward to that. Plus a shout out to some of the new countries that have found us recently. Jamaica, Denmark, I see you. And I want to actually take a moment to acknowledge my friend Christina Hanna, who is listening to us in Copenhagen. She and I had the privilege to hook up on teleconference recently. So it was great to get to know her. Thank you so much for helping me spread the word about this podcast, sharing it on social media, and sharing it with the friends you love. And today's episode is going to be a really important one. I dare say that this is the toughest tool to master in your spiritual toolbox, but it's also one of the most important. And we're going to talk today about forgiveness. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, Dan, yeah, I mean, forgiveness is important, but isn't love really the supreme thing we should all be going for in our personal development path? And I would argue that you can't really love at the highest level without first being able to forgive. And there are areas in my life where I'm still coming to terms with this. I've had some people who have hurt me and betrayed my trust in a really, really deep way. And I've been able to find forgiveness for them. And there's been some other people who probably hurt me in less of a way where I'm still struggling to get there. And one of the things that I would stress to you today is that there is a natural spiritual process to forgiveness. It is something that unfolds over time. Sometimes it takes many years. It can take decades. And it's not something that you can rush. But what I want to stress to you today in this episode is that there is a deep price that you pay when you are unable to forgive over time. There are big consequences. Number one, you just find yourself stuck at the level of the trauma. You're always living inside the problem without ever allowing yourself the gift of getting to the healing. When we hold on to resentment over time, there's other big consequences. Namely, the person who hurts you holds power over you. And you know, I don't know what it is that you're struggling to forgive. There are really intense, emotional, terrible, violating tragedies that happen to people. There are times in our life when we are absolutely victimized by people that we love, that we respected, who we trusted. And when we talk about forgiveness here, we're not talking about justifying what the person did to us. We're talking about setting ourselves free. You know, it's really about us finding freedom through forgiveness. And I'm going to give you an exercise coming up here in a few minutes that will show you in a very blatant way 
how you affect your own physical energy when you're holding on to resentment. So stick around for that. Another big consequence that happens when we can't forgive is we recreate the wound. Have you ever had that moment where you're just sort of mind is wandering and you're in the shower and maybe you flash back to a conversation that you had five years ago, 10 years ago with somebody who said something really hurtful to you and you start to feel that rush of adrenaline. You start to feel that cortisol release. That anger starts to well up inside of you because there's still years later an emotional charge behind the incident. And that's what's fascinating about human beings is we're really the only species that we know of that can turn on the fight or flight response simply by thought alone. So when we're constantly dwelling in the past and recreating the wound, ultimately we just recreate the same levels of hurt and it makes it very difficult to move on. Carolyn Mace talks about this a lot too. I'd love to get her on the podcast one day, but she talks about why we hang on to our wounds. And many times, it's a way that we bond with other people. We can connect with other people who've had the same hurt, and, you know, we can find significance through the suffering, but it makes it very hard for us to move into the future we want when we're still holding on to the past. Another consequence that happens when we can't forgive is we never really grow. We never allow ourselves to become more. We never allow ourselves to transmute that pain that we went through and find a deeper purpose to serve other people through it. And then what ends up happening a lot of times is we just live at the level of blame. We're always blaming other people for why we're stuck, why we're stagnant, why we haven't achieved the things that we wanted, which really takes away our power. You know, we're giving away our power to other people when we live at the level of blame. And perhaps most importantly is we never learn the spiritual lesson associated with the pain. Dr. Wayne Dyer has an incredible story about this. He grew up in a home with a, you know, a mom who gave birth to him and his siblings at a very young age. And his father, who was an alcoholic and kind of a scoundrel, ran out on the family. He abandoned the family and left Wayne Dyer's mom, who I believe was just only 20 or 21 at the time, with these kids and no money to feed them. And she had to give her children up. She put them in an orphanage at one point. So, you know, imagine that, just being out of your home and being put into an orphanage and the effect that that would have on you. So as Wayne Dyer grew up and, you know, he became a teacher, he went on this quest at one point to search for his father's grave. And he drove all the way from New York down somewhere in the South, found his father's grave, and he went there that day with the actual intention just to pee on his father's tombstone. That's how much anger and resentment he had for being abandoned by his father, which ultimately meant he had to be abandoned by his mother. And he had this really profound experience after he sat there and he just yelled at this tombstone for the better part of like an hour and a half where he just broke down and he cried and he sobbed and he had this epiphany in the moment that is somebody who was a teacher, who was teaching people self-reliance. Dr. Wayne Dyer was the godfather of a lot of this work that I'm giving to you now. These aren't, you know, just principles that I've invented over the years. These have come from wisdom traditions and amazing teachers who came before me. But he realized as a teacher of self-reliance, how could he live his purpose and teach that to people unless he had to learn to be self-reliant on his own? And he has a book about this. He actually calls his father his greatest teacher in life. So that's what we're talking about here is taking the pain and finding the deeper purpose in it and realizing that sometimes some of the biggest tragedies that we go through are the prerequisite that are pushing us toward our larger mission in life. So over the course of this episode, we're going to give you some step-by-step 
step-by-step instructions on how you can let go, how you can forgive, and how you can powerfully move forward into the future that you want. So let's do this. Nelson Mandela once famously said that resentment is like drinking poison and hoping it will kill your enemies. Think about that. And I'll be honest with you, there are a couple of relationships in my life right now where I'm still struggling. I'm working on it, but I'm still struggling to let go of some of those resentments that I have toward people. You know, the common belief is, is when we hang on to resentment that we're still able to punish the other person for what they did to us. We're so afraid that by forgiving them, it's almost like we give a green light to the behavior that happened or we're letting them off the hook for how they offended us. But really the sword that you're hanging over somebody else's head is the sword that's really over your own head. And as you hang on to the anger, the resentment, all these low vibration emotions, you're weakening yourself at an energetic level. If you are in a position right now, as long as you're not driving, this isn't an exercise that you should try while you're behind the wheel of a car, but if you're listening at home or at the office or walking around with your earbuds, you could try this exercise today. I'll actually show you what the physical toll is of anger and resentment on your being. So if you take your left hand, and you take your thumb and your pointer finger and you bring them together, almost like you're making an okay sign at somebody. And with your right hand, I want you to take your thumb and your pinky finger and you're gonna make a chain link with those two circles. So hold that together and take a moment for a second just to close your eyes. Take in a deep breath right now. Hold it at the top, squeeze all the tension in your body. Just squeeze your body tight, 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 and exhale, let it go. And I want you to imagine for a second with your eyes closed, think of a time in your life when you felt the most loved, the most protected, and the safest that you've ever felt in your life. When was a time when you just felt unconditional love and acceptance? When you felt like you were just floating on a cloud, there was so much love. And don't picture this image as if it's something happening on a movie screen in front of you. Picture it in your mind's eye from your perspective. See what you saw in that moment. Hear what you heard. Smell the things you smell. Just put yourself, all your senses in that moment. And from that place of feeling that love, I want you to pull on your chain link that you've made there and notice what happens. And I'll give you the result here coming up in a second. But keeping your eyes closed, I want you just to shift your focus for a moment. And now relax your chain link. But just think of a time when you were angry, when somebody hurt you and violated your trust in such a brutal way that when you were literally so angry that you wanted to act in a vengeful way. And don't just picture this experience as if it's on a movie screen. See that person in that moment the way you saw them then. Hear what you heard. Say what it was you said to them. Where were you at? Picture it. And from this point of being angry and furious, pull on that chain link. And what you probably noticed is, is that it was much easier to weaken and break that chain link when you were living in a place of anger. Think about that. When you're living in resentment all the time, you're actually weakening your body. You're weakening your life force, your immune system. These are the things that over time can lead to disease and inflammation in the body. 
And I know that seems a little weird and woo-woo, but this is always a practical way that I like to demonstrate this idea to people. It's called applied kinesiology. You know, you can try this at any point in your life. There's other applications for that exercise that maybe we'll talk about on future podcasts. So understanding here that what you're really doing is weakening yourself when you're hanging on to anger, we have to talk about what are the steps to find forgiveness. First of all, we have to accept what happened to us. The past cannot be undone. You can't go back and rewrite a chapter that has already been recorded. However, your relationship with the past and the beliefs that you have and what you tell yourself about it can help you write a new chapter moving forward. Many times I talk to clients who've come to me with all sorts of histories of abuse that you couldn't even imagine. Sexual abuse, physical abuse, and it's hard for them to even own the incident that happened to them. I'll have clients say things to me like, well, you know, there was a time that there was, you know, the whole abuse thing, or, you know, there was the time with the sexual stuff that happened to me. A lot of times what I see is people will brush this off as something, it was almost like they witnessed rather than owning it as their experience. But we want to step into that. We want to accept what happened to you because the second step to forgiveness is we have to allow ourselves to fully feel the pain associated with it. It's fascinating how many times when we start to feel those negative emotions, when we feel the hurt, the anger, we look for relief, we look for certainty that we can avoid the pain, but we do it in ways that only work in the short term. We look to numb the pain through drinking. We can look to numb the pain through drugs. We can look to numb the pain through sugar. And that's a big one for me, is the overeating is a way to avoid feeling the pain. The minute those negative emotions pop up. But what neuroscience shows us is if you can just sit fully with your negative feelings and emotions, when you feel angry, when you feel sad, if you can just close your eyes and actually just sit with the pain for two minutes, breathe through it, You can transform that energy into something else. I went through this on a recent coaching call with someone who was having really bad anxiety. And just from sitting there without freaking out, without going to social media to numb out, sitting with her eyes closed, breathing through it and acknowledging what she was feeling, the anxiety went from a 10 to a zero in literally two and a half minutes. It's remarkable. And I'm going to give you an example here in a second of a recent powerful experience that I had in my mentorship group where I allowed myself to feel some pain that had been suppressed and held down for really 30 years in my life. After we fully feel the pain, the next step is, is we want to write a letter to the person who hurt us. We want to write that letter of forgiveness from an emotional place, sharing what it is they did, how it impacted us, but then at the end, making a courageous choice to forgive them and let it go. Again, this is not about forgiving the other person. In fact, if you look at the Latin root for the word forgive, what it means is to give completely without reservation. And what you're really doing through forgiveness is you're giving to yourself. You're giving yourself the peace of mind. You're unshackling yourself from the past. You're not giving that person another minute of power over you any longer. So this is why we want to write that letter of forgiveness to them. The next step after that is you want to write a letter of forgiveness to yourself. Because so many times when we get hurt, when we're going through divorce, if we get cheated on, if somebody violated our trust, on some level, we knew our spidey senses were going off, that something was off, that we should have spoken up. We didn't get caught up in blaming ourselves. I should have done this differently. I should have said this. But just being able to let yourself go and just accept that 
whatever happened to you was part of your spiritual growth, that there is a lesson in the experience for you that is going to push you forward and help you get to the next level emotionally. And then once we write the letter to the person who we need to forgive and we write the letter forgiving ourselves, the following step after that is burn the letters. You don't have to send those letters to the person who hurt you if you don't want to. Now, I've had some experiences where I have written these letters for myself and actually emailed them to a person before, you know, a person who violated my trust in a pretty big way many, many years ago. It doesn't mean you have to, though. There's tremendous symbolism in just burning it and letting that energy go. So after we burn the letters, the next thing we want to do is find the deeper spiritual lesson in it for us. How could that incident have facilitated our growth? How could it actually be pushing us toward a bigger purpose? Once we're able to let go of the trauma that happened, how can we move forward and help other people who went through the same problem in their life? This is what really allows us to find a deeper meaning in the suffering. Viktor Frankl came up with this idea in the book Man's Search for Meaning. You know, this was a man who was locked up in a Nazi camp. He watched his relatives get murdered by the Nazis during World War II. And yet on the back end, in all that suffering, Viktor Frankl actually was able to find a bigger purpose for it. He developed Logos Therapy, which is all about the meaning that we assign to the events that happen to us. The idea is that there are no meaningful events in our life, only the meaning that we assign to it. It's a wonderful book. It'll blow your mind if you ever want to pick it up. Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. And after you find the spiritual lesson, the hardest part, Because it's one thing to forgive, but as I said earlier, that we can't really have love unless we have forgiveness. So the next part is we want to find empathy for the person who hurt you. On some level, you need to realize that they acted from a place of pain. So often, and this is twisted and it's not right, but people who are physical abusers or sexual abusers, in their mind, they think they're showing love. And it's usually because it's the behavior that was modeled to them early on in their life. Deep down, there is a wounded child who is acting out in a bad way, and it doesn't make it right. Ultimately, we're all responsible for our own healing and to break the cycle no matter what happened to us. But if you can find empathy, it's just that next level where you can move forward. Your biography no longer has to equal your destiny. And every moment, you have a chance to forgive. You have a chance to find deeper love for the person who hurt you and for yourself. And one more point that I want to stress. Forgiveness of another person does not create an invitation for that person to still be part of your life moving forward. You can forgive, you can find empathy for them if you get to that point, but you can still let them go, let them walk your path, and trust that you need to protect your own energy. You need to be around people that support you, that lift you up, that bring you energy rather than deplete you. Because forgiveness is a process that is more about you, you get to dictate the terms of whether that person has the right or the privilege to be part of your life moving forward. Now, all this might seem like some new age nonsense. You know, somebody out there right now is thinking, Dan, you don't know what happened to me. I can tell you now, having worked with people over the last three years in 12 different countries, I probably on some level do know what happened to you. And I've been through some terrible situations in my life, and I've worked with clients who've been through things that would make Nightmare on Elm Street, the movie, look like it's a small world ride at Disneyland. 
But I can tell you that there is power to this process. And what I thought I would do is share with you a story from my life. And I'll share vulnerably with you about something that I just went through fairly recently. You know, as I've been working with my mentor, I realized one of the belief systems that had been holding me back for a lot of my life was the belief that I could not be supported, that I was this army of one, that I constantly had to will things and push things forward on my own to make them happen because nobody else was going to support me. And I certainly had no support in my mind from a higher power that was looking out after me. And even though I wanted to surrender to the universe and trust that I was guided, there were some things that happened to me in my life early on that made it very difficult. Now, you know, I've alluded to this in the past on the podcast that I grew up with a mother who did the best she could from her point of awareness and her point of consciousness that she had. But my mom also had some severe mental illness issues growing up as a child. And there were many times in our home where there was a lot of physical abuse that I endured, but there was also a lot of emotional abuse that went on in the home. And the constant threat that was always hanging over my head was that my mom would tell me starting at age 11, 12 years old that she would take me to court and have me legally emancipated so that I would have to go out and live as an adult on my own. And there would always be the threat of, well, you're 12 years old. What are you going to do? You can't get a job. You can't support yourself. How are you even going to live? And there would be days when I came home from school off the school bus and I would walk in the house and my mom would be on the phone pretending to have a conversation with the court system about having me picked up that afternoon. And I always lived in anxiety and fear from ages about 11 to 14 or 15 until I caught on to the fact she wasn't really having those conversations. But a lot of days I would come home terrified as a child, like, is this the day police cars are going to be waiting in the driveway and I'm going to be hauled away and where am I going to go and how am I going to survive? And that thinking subconsciously had always stayed with me through my adult years. So I just always had this fear of abandonment, always had this fear that I was just going to have to do everything by myself. Made it very hard for me to ask for help in friendships and relationships in my career. You know, I was always just, you know, push forward, push forward, get things done because I've got to do it all on my own. I went through a pretty intense experience where in my mentorship group, A, I had already accepted what happened, but the big stumbling block for me was step two. I had never really allowed myself to feel that pain. You know, as a kid, instead of going into school and being in fear every day, I adopted this persona as being the funny guy, as the class clown. In fact, in a seventh and eighth grade, I won the school talent show for doing stand-up comedy. So I always realized that I could be loved and accepted as long as I could be the jokester in any situation. And that was my way to cover up. And that's always, through much of my adult life, been my way to deal with negative emotions, is to make a joke or to be self-deprecating about myself. And during a coaching session with my mentor, he really called me out on it. Every time I would try to make a joke to skirt around an emotional issue about why I didn't feel supported, he just brought me back to actually feeling the fear and the abandonment. And when I tell you it was like a geyser went off, I mean, I was ugly crying in front of our mentorship group. You know, it was 30 years of repression that all came to the surface in this massive emotional experience. But as I was able to feel the pain and as I was able to find forgiveness for my mother, because what I realized was, is my mom was a person who had been hurt by so many male figures in her life as a young girl that what she was really trying to do was raise a son 
who in her mind would be safe for other women. And in her mind, it was to make me submissive so that I wouldn't hurt anybody. She sort of took me from one end of the spectrum to the other, from somebody who hurt her growing up into being somebody that was totally submissive. Because on some level, that was just the best that my mom could do. So she was operating from a place of fear to motivate me. And once I could look at my mom, not so much as the adults who had emotional issues, but as a scared little girl, I was able to let go. I was able to find that forgiveness and find empathy for her in that moment. And more importantly, I was able to find the spiritual lesson in it for me. Because even though I didn't get the childhood I wanted in many situations, for me to live my purpose, for me to be here mentoring you right now on how to let go and forgive, for me to be a mentor who helps people find acceptance of themselves and use it to discover their purpose, I had to know what it's like to not accept yourself for many years. You know, how could I teach self-love unless I knew self-loathing? So it all came together for me in a powerful way. And this is what's interesting is for the stories that I had about how I'm not supported, that I never had a higher power that was looking out over me, I was able to reframe my thinking to realize I was always supported in those moments because even though the threat was there, I was never really abandoned. I always had a bed to sleep in. And as I let go of that belief, as I was truly able to let it go, within four days, I found myself supported in a bigger way that I could imagine. I mean, I put this podcast out into the world four days later, and we debuted number one on Apple. I'm convinced, though, that unless I had let go of those blocks that I had, telling me I couldn't be supported, I never would have manifested so much success here with this podcast. So I hope this story maybe just gives you a practical application in real-life terms about what can be some high-level spiritual concepts. And, you know, I share this with you vulnerably as a gift from my heart to yours. I hope the story inspires you to be able to let go, to take back your power today, knowing that every moment you have a brand new choice. You have a new choice you can make right now than we did 25 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago when we started this podcast. Every moment is a new chance to begin. So to recap, if you're looking to find forgiveness in your life, it starts with accepting whatever it was that happened to you. We want you to feel those feelings in a safe environment, by the way. Make sure that you have a qualified mentor, a coach, a therapist, somebody who can really provide a safe container for you to feel those feelings in a safe way. And then we want to write a letter forgiving the other person for how they hurt you. I want you to write a letter to yourself. Forgiving yourself for hanging on to the story and for allowing yourself to live as a victim. Victimization happens every day in the world. It's, it's a sad reality of the world. We live in a time where there is racism, sexism, misogyny, xenophobia. These things are part of our culture and they will happen to all of us no matter who you are, what gender, where you're listening at in the world, victimization is going to happen. Now, it can happen in huge abusive ways. It could happen in smaller ways where somebody just steals from you or betrays your trust. However, despite the victimization, living as a victim, that is an identity that we choose to take on. So I hope today that you'll take the first step to let that go, to realize, yes, I was victimized, but today I make a decision that I am no longer a victim. Writing those forgiveness letters are going to be a great first step for you. After we write them, burn them. Let them go. There's tremendous symbolism in that. Then what we want to do is find a mentor, a coach, a therapist, somebody to help us solidify this process so that we can find the spiritual lesson
lesson in our pain and powerfully move forward into our purpose. I don't know what you have been through in your life because you and I have not had a chance to talk yet, but I can tell you whatever it is, no matter how big the hurt, you know, think of Viktor Frankl being locked in a Nazi camp, watching his relatives get murdered, what Nelson Mandela went through all those years in prison and people asked him, Nelson, what did you do? all that time. And he just said, I prepared. I can tell you that whatever experience it is that you still feel chained to today can be the catalyst to move you to a higher level of love, a higher level of service, and really a bigger spiritual evolution than you could ever imagine. So I hope that this episode serves you. I hope that you'll consider this message as a gift from me to you. And if you ever want to talk more about it, if you have any aha moments, you can always join us in our online community for listeners of the podcast. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash life amplified. We'll be sure to leave a link for that in the show notes for you. And if you're looking for some additional support around this topic, I do have two spots opening up here at the end of the month for my VIP one-on-one coaching program. So you and I can do a deep dive into the old thought patterns, the old trauma that has kept you stuck. We want to free you from that. My goal as always is to help you discover your purpose, move forward, and create a life that maybe right now in this moment you don't even think is possible. It would be my greatest honor to help show you the path to emotional freedom. Thank you so much for listening. If this message serves you, please share this podcast on social media. Don't forget, you can always screenshot it and tag me on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at CSC Dan Mason. And if you're looking to schedule a complimentary 30-minute discovery call to talk more about where you're feeling stuck in your life and how I can help you move forward, you can find me online, creativesoulcoaching.net. That's creativesoulcoaching.net. In the meantime, turn down down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life amplified. I love you so much for listening. We'll talk next time.